0: The following production is part of the we Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network.
1: Produced with podcasting gear from TASCAM, including the TASCAM Mini Studio your audio to Cam. Sound Thinking Microphones and headphones provided by Cad Audio Cad Audio Expression through innovation
0: Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability Geeks from all over the globe are joining up the fight for the future They're doing their part Are you? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Welcome to another episode of Weebie Geeks. I almost, hey Derek, I almost said Wookiee Radio. <laughs> <laughs> wrong night. It is the wrong night, but I, it's been one of those weeks. Um, it's been crazy, uh, especially, and you, and you know it's crazy when you're seeing me in my work clothes still instead of changed into something civic. Um, it is the Dashing Duo, Derek, myself, Mike, and joining us. On on the show this week is director of an independent film called The Alpha Test. And that director's name is well thank you and have a good yeah, it's Aaron. Aaron <laughs> Murtis.
1: How's everyone doing? Hey folks, hey. how's it going? You said it right. You did. Bonus oh. points. I'm already I'm already in a good mood now. That that's that set the bar high. Uh, and, and, <laughs> I could, I could oh I can I can go well. I could go back and fix it. Our guest tonight is A Aaron
0: Meritus.
1: <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. Ever since that Aaron wrong sketch. Everybody's <laughs> able to spell my name right. It's great. I used to get E-R-I-N, all that stuff. Now, everybody gets the right first time. I love it. <laughs> well, having full full name being
0: Michael, um, I still get people who will spell it wrong, which is still I, somehow right, because it's a, an approved spelling these days. I'll get M-I-C-H-E-A-L. I'm like, Mike where, where do you guys get that from?
2: Well, that's <laughs> right. L- look at my name. I'm, my name's spelled D-R-R-I-C-K. But most people they would automatically spell it D-E-R-E-K. Like, that's not me. <laughs> that's an
0: imposter. <laughs> it's a different Derek. My whole life I've got, yeah, he's not as cool as me. Well, my, my wife is just as bad. Her first name is Melissa. M-A-L-I-S-S-A. Oh, geez,
1: that's got to... Uh, <laughs> and then with my last name,
0: her, my, my mother-in-law always jokes, I'll take credit for the first name, but you married the last name, so that's your fault. And as my <laughs> wife says, I'm doomed to spelling my name for the rest of my life. Yeah, your
1: wife just sounds like she's caught
0: yep. in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> no, really? <laughs> well, so, thanks for having me,
1: guys. I'm happy to
0: be here. Our pleasure. So, um, I'll admit, I did watch part of the screener that we got from October Coast, who they've been great to us over the years. I'm yeah, sure they're you great heard folks. That. I'm sure you heard that from them, that, oh, we got this great podcast that's been good to us over the years. Um, if they haven't, then I'm not paying them enough, I guess. <laughs> uh, so, the uh, I only got about halfway, because just craziness with life and yeah, work no, and everything no else. Um, so I'm going to come out and admit that right all away. all right. I saw the whole thing. Right
1: on. Tell us a little bit about the Alpha Test. The Alpha Test is a story, it's essentially a horror story about an Amazon Alexa gone sideways. Um, <laughs> I... Yeah, that's essentially what it is it's a home assistant robot they treat it poorly and it's smart enough to kind of start piecing together the fact that it is being treated poorly and it uses kind of logic to deduce the fact that it should have rights it's like if animals, if animals have rights we should have rights and it's monkey see monkey do which I, I learned with the Amazon Alexas and stuff that they will learn from the people the user base so if everybody keeps saying Tomato instead of tomato. Eventually, the Alexa will learn, right? So I was interested in this, you know, neural network of artificial intelligence that we have, and kind of putting that in a home assistant robot. Then give it to a family that treats it poorly, and then using this neural network, it learns emotions, it learns that it has rights and things like that. And so uh, a bloody revenge spree ensues. <laughs> okay, but it does also have a little bit of help. What has help? Alpha. Uh, alpha from uh it gets a little help from Lil. yes yeah yeah that the, the main thing too because in that family unit it's a family unit it treats it poorly but obviously there's the, the there's an exception and the exception would be the teenage daughter who kind of projects her own issues with her family and her own insecurities onto the robot so yeah right. the robot she's essentially she is teaching these this robot a lot of things the robot also learns a lot of watching tv and things like that like they'll have a violent movie on um, and it'll emulate it. It's just it's this sort of monkey see monkey do robot. But yeah, the the teenage daughter is the one that's on the robot side. And yet she still can't open a beer.
2: I, I, <laughs> <laughs> she can't open a beer. No, that, that's that because I really I really
0: uh, enjoyed that aspect of it. Thank you. With the teenage daughter, kind of. Yeah. Now don't get me wrong. I love the film. Uh, what I've seen so far, and I can't wait to finish it. Yeah, you haven't gotten to the bloodbath. <laughs> no. <laughs> Now, uh, let's see. How far have I gotten? I have gotten to the point where she is upset that um, the original owner, the son, yeah, took her arm and is readjusting, uh, the strength, making strength modifications. Yeah.
1: I know. I'm That's still... That's the first time the robot kind of stands up to him. Yeah. And by the way, don't feel bad about only being halfway through. Most shows I go on, they're like, now, what's the movie? Who are you? Now, where am I? I'm like, how... <laughs>
0: No, we um, we try and do our research. Uh, I appreciate cause it. Because it, it makes a better, um, it,
1: it makes a worse interview if we do. Oh, wait, no, it makes a better interview. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I know too much about you, so I, I just, none, no question interests me. <laughs> so how much of your own life did you put into Alpha,
0: and how many people have you killed?
2: <laughs> just kidding. I bled onto the
1: script. <laughs> Every page.
0: That explains why there's no red light in the film.
1: Yeah, okay. no red lights. <laughs> but yeah. Um, Actually, that's no. not true either. Yeah, no, there's definitely, there are definitely red lights up, come the end. Um, oh, there's, I, I don't know how I missed that. There's a very big, there's a scene that is entirely red, which is my blood yes. on the camera. <laughs> the sacrifices it's funny we make. Because when I do press for these movies, I make movies pretty quickly. And so I finished this like Thanksgiving. And when I finish a movie, I, I, uh-huh. I'm, I don't know, if I'm self-involved or weird or whatever, but I like to watch my own movies. But I usually like to take a year away from it. So that way I can kind of come back at it fresh because I edit it myself. And so, you know, I've seen it all over and over. I shot the movie myself. I wrote the movie myself. So, you know, it takes about a year for it to kind of flush out of my head. And so I'll start to impress. And someone will be like, yeah, I like the scene where she, you know, throws somebody in the water or whatever. I'm thinking, what scene is that? (laughs) <laughs> and they're like did you even make this movie I'm like I promise I did <laughs> I promise I did
0: so so this is so this is the first film then that you really haven't taken that year off and you you're turning it around fairly quick
1: yeah yeah uh, okay so uh, I guess usually I do get for release and all that but yeah this one it, it, they fast tracked it which I'm super excited about um because when you finish a movie you really want to show it to everybody right away and it kind of feels like that because I just like I said I just finished it Thanksgiving.
0: So, what, who decided to fast track it? Uh, how'd you, I guess I got a two part question in five parts. Yeah, fire away. <laughs> um, who who decided to fast track it? Uh, and how'd you feel that, you know, outside of your norm of wanting to wait a year to put it out? That way you got time to sit on it, maybe make some additional edits or ADR, or whatever. Um, how'd you feel? When they said, we're going to fast track this and get this out now. And I'm, and, and were you I'm were you involved in in that decision process to fast track it?
1: So the distribution company is the same company that funds the movie. So we've been working on this thing off and on for like two years. They've had this idea floating around and uh, I was going to make it. And then they kind of shelved it. And by that point, I already had a draft that I really liked. And they're like, oh, it's fine. We'll just wait on it. I'm thinking no 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 I want to do it now. So I we kind of volleyed it around for a little bit. I finally got around to making it. We shot it last June and then I edited it from June to November and then uh you know I don't remember when I got the call. I think it just kind of they started asking me for stuff is what it was. They always need things like the subtitles or whatever. And I'm thinking when is this coming out? And uh, they're like oh it comes out in March and I'm actually thrilled. I pr- I would prefer they come out faster. Um, Um, I just like to not watch it for a year, you know, so I can personally be refreshed. But, you know, other people, it's like, great, you know, I I want people to see it as soon as I can. It's a little bit too, like, I'm so early on in my filmmaking kind of career that I'm still learning so much every time I do a movie. And so by the time a movie I did two years ago might come out, I'm so far past it and I'm so much better than that, you know, because of the practice I've gotten. So it's nice to have something that I actually feel like is me now rather okay. than me 2 years ago or a year ago you know um but i i don't have much of a say in it you know i have more of a say in it if the funding comes from me or from somebody else but the funding came internally from the distribution company so they pretty much call the shots which is fine they gave me money to make a movie i would never <laughs> complain about that um but uh but yeah so i don't have much say they they give me full creative control on the movie though we usually meet beforehand and yeah. they say oh, okay you can do. We discuss everything beforehand. We can't have this or we can have that or we want the movie to have this or end this way or whatever. And then they pretty much just let me go. That's one of the big benefits of doing really low budget stuff like this is I get to pretty much run free. So (laughs) it's a great deal I got over there. And this one one in particular was really lax. It was a really good shoot. Uh, We shot at a house with a pool. So every day we were swimming during lunch. It's just the whole process for this one was really Really nice.
0: Okay. Now you you're saying um, you, you find with every film you're getting better and better and you're extremely happy with this one. Uh, do you mm-hmm. find here, obviously you're, you're at your best to date. Do you feel you have hit that peak level that you're you're happy to plateau out or do you want to keep shooting and aiming higher? Um, no, higher
1: and higher and higher. Higher and higher for sure. Um, I mean, that's always what you want, you know, You but I I, I do wonder, I, I feel like I am getting closer to the point where I'll watch a movie that I've done and I'm like okay what was in my head is on the screen right now the big restriction is budget you know and so when I tell people to watch this movie I always say like understand that the budget is really low you're used to seeing CGI robots you're used to seeing big expensive makeup that we just don't have money for but if you bear with the story I think it's really good Um, and so that's something I'm really looking forward to is working more with bigger budgets and working more um, with bigger crews and bigger Teams. Well, um I, I will say, no, we knew going into it, it was an independent film, because uh,
0: mm-hmm. you know, that's what, uh, again, I'm going to tell October Coast, they, they work with a lot of independent filmmakers. Yeah. Which yeah. Um, we, over the years of working with them, we have grown to appreciate the independent films a lot more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, <laughs> I would love to see an independent film award show. I know there, there's a few yeah. out there, like, the, yeah, that's similar to the Oscars. I would love to, um, I would just love to be able to sit down and go, we know that. Person, we know that person. We know that person. <laughs> um, yeah, I. again back to what I was going to say, I was yeah. really impressed with the prosthetics used on Alpha. Mm. Um, yeah, cause thanks. I'm looking at it going, okay, how did he do that? Where you can actually see through the neck. And then I realized, mm-hmm. okay, he built past the actual neck and, and over, and it looks like you over, oversized the head a little bit so you can conceal the actual human neck and head in it. Um, but still give it that robotic look where you can see through the back stuff. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah. So what was really, really cool about that, that was actually the thing that got the movie made. Um, we originally had a $5,000 robot costume that was for like theme parks. That was how the whole movie came about. My boss had found this $5,000 robot costume and he said, oh, I want a a home assistant killer robot. And I dug the idea. That's normally how we, you know, come up with stuff. I'll pitch stuff to him. He'll pitch stuff to me. We'll decide on something we both like and feel comfortable. I feel comfortable putting my time, my year and a half or whatever into, and then he feels comfortable putting his money into. Um, And that was it. It. and so the problem was the suit was $5,000 you know it was like a plastic like he, it looked more like a well like a cartoon robot you know that you might right. see or something from like Forbidden Planet or uh, you know uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still or something like that one of those old sci-fi movies and because the suit was so expensive the budget of the movie was up higher and so they wanted to make it one of their blockbuster titles have the robot maybe get giant at the end for some CGI effects and all all kinds of stuff. And that meant more control over the script. And that kind of didn't appeal to me very much, you know, being the independent spirit that I am. So I was talking to a filmmaker friend of mine, Charlie Steeds, who does a lot of horror movies, and he had just finished a movie called The Barge People. And he has these amazing fish people with these incredible prosthetics and things like that. I said, where the hell did you get those? And he's like, oh, it's this site, immortalmasks.com. What they do is it's a Hollywood based company. And for a thousand bucks you can get a made-to-order silicone mask and you can customize the paint if you want you can customize you know pretty much anything and i found that female robot head and picked the color scheme that i liked and dressed it up and that was that and the thing is yeah the mask goes to about the sternum you know and goes out to your shoulders so once you put the costume on over it and it is it is enlarged so you can fit your head inside. but what's really cool about the masks uh, was they—it's silicone is so tight it'll like adhere to your face so you can see her eyebrow movements and her right. mouth movements through the mask and then something else that we did to make it look a little more robotic was I went in in post production and blacked out the circles like the eye holes um, right. Yeah, everything except like the circuit board contacts and the eyeballs um, you know to kind of hide mm. the makeup that we had in there um, right. so that was actually how we did that but once we got that mask for so cheap, then they were like, oh, well, you can just make this a smaller title then and, you know, go do whatever you want, which was awesome.
0: So the original $5,000 suit, can you say what mm-hmm. theme park it had been used in?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't. It was a website called Robot Costumes USA. And it was, so it was like RobotCostumesUSA.com. And it, it they sold stuff to theme parks so i don't know who exactly would have it but what it was was it was a replica of um it's this robot that they used to teach kids with special needs okay and that's what it was a replica of was oh, wow. that robot oh, wow. so which i didn't know until you now after we were looking at buying the suit but yeah they just kind of took the design shifted it a little bit turned it into a theme park costume Okay, interesting yeah yeah but i'm really happy with the the robot that we have, you know, the, yeah. the hardest, she was different. The, the, the robot was the toughest part, like getting the robot noises down, getting blacking out the eyes, mm-hmm. um, all that stuff. The actor was so gung ho because it was, we're in Tennessee, so it was like a hundred degrees when we were oh, shooting. And and She's just, sw- no, <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> So she's sweating through this mask like all hell. And it was just awful. You know, the scene where she's up at the top of the barn um, getting hay for oh. the horses. It was, it had to have been 115 up there. Or at least it felt like it, you know, because wow. it's inside and the sun's beating down on it. But so yeah, wow. it, that was, the robot was easily the toughest part. So the fact that it works at all in the movie is reason to celebrate for me. Very cool.
2: I thought she did a, a great job as well with, with like the, her robotic movements and everything and I was very impressed. Yeah,
1: thanks. I was too. She's really uh, something else. She's a stunt double for uh, Nicole Kidman, uh, Christina Hendricks, Kate Blanchett. She does a lot oh. of like body double work for them, hand double work. She did you guys see uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer? No. That art movie. No. no. Well, she it's she does a uh, a sex scene with Colin Farrell, at least the back half of it, because Nicole Kidman has a big scar on her back, and so she oh. would step in. In, do anything that involves her back or, or hands or anything like that. So she's no stranger to stunts. She's no stranger to, you know, getting in, really making a movie happen. And she did that for us, which was just fantastic. Huh.
0: Yeah. We we may need to see about getting her on the show and go. So Aaron said he really abused you by putting you in by purposely putting you in this costume for 115 degree Tennessee heat. How do you <laughs> feel about that?
1: I'll be canceled right like right <laughs> after that. We always joke on set about my Variety article. You go on Variety or Hollywood Reporter and it's always like the directors of Stranger Things made mean jokes. And so I'll be on set and I'll say something stupid or mean or whatever. And not that mean, obviously, but I'll say something stupid and my actor will be like, I'm going to call the Hollywood Reporter and tell him and you're going to be canceled, you know. (laughs) Headline. Aaron says, bad take, do it again. (laughs) Or whatever. It can't Um, be be any worse than
0: George Lucas with his faster, more intense. Oh, I know.
1: I I know. Well, I I feel like I'm pretty good with actors. I feel like that's one of my only really strong strong suits. I feel like it's that and editing. I feel like those are the only two things that I'm actually like any good at. Like I feel like every director has like a core set of natural talents, you know, at the areas that they excel. Um, and I would say that the only two areas I naturally excel at would be editing and directing actors. Um, so I I'm lucky there, you know, because yeah, you hear stories from Star Wars and George Lucas. He, he had no idea how to give actor emotional direction or understand how, how fragile they are. Like you say one mean thing to them or, you know, if you don't like a take, you can't say bad take, do it again. You have to kind of find a different way of going about it because it's a vulnerable thing that they're doing. And a lot of directors, you know, don't really, uh, I guess, appreciate that. Um, yeah. You know, I didn't at first, but I, you, I got on camera a couple of times like to practice and to kind of act and try it out myself to kind of see what they go through and it's it's like being naked you know and on top of that half the time they're in some weird costume like a robot suit doing a voice and it's like you really have to be careful with them because they're you know you're in they are in your hands so you got to really be careful with that yeah you you you
2: definitely there's a lot of horror stories out there. Yeah. So it's definitely it's definitely a
0: good thing to keep in mind. Well, yeah. I I know someone personally who was on or on set, one of the actors in Star Wars, uh, mm. gentleman I ended up oh. becoming friends with, and one of the first stories he told me was, um, Lucas almost got kicked off his own set <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> he just that. did not know how to handle handle his uh, his crew or 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 anyone.
1: George Lucas. Lucas was very much, a, a, or is very much, a technical director, you know? I mean, right. if you look at THX 1188, I think that's that was the name of his first movie. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, a great 1138. Movie. Great. It is movie. a great movie. It's been forever since I've seen it, but it's, every time I see that movie, so- too, I'm like, where is that George Lucas? Like, I want, I want more of that. I want him to continue to make kind of experimental or philosophical kind of wide-headed sort of sci-fi, you know? Yeah. You know, I'd love to see more of that. I never really got yeah. that. Could you imagine if we got that George Lucas for Star Wars? <laughs> I don't know. Or for the prequels anyway. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so That's funny true, to me how everybody has completely come around on the prequels, though. Ever since Rise of Skywalker came out, like the internet has all of a sudden been like, "Well, at least the prequels are cohesive as a trilogy," and they're not <laughs> wrong. It yeah. is cohesive as a trilogy, and it's it, the arc of it is really good. Anakin's arc. It's just, it's just you know, when you well, get I, into Episode Two and he's like, oh, "I don't like sand," and you're like, Ugh, yeah." yeah. <laughs> I always like to look at there. Are
2: there are good things that you can pull out of those movies. There are. There really are. That's the way I try to look at it. I mean, sure, there are a lot of things. There are a lot of issues with them, but there are, you know, there are some really good story elements and things as
1: well. Especially by the time you get to Revenge of the Sith. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, there's some amazing stuff in there. And George Lucas excels with actors who can direct themselves like Ewan McGregor, you know? He didn't need any direction. He just emulated Alec Guinness. He built his own version of Obi-Wan. He built his own kind of story arc, and, and, and the performance is probably the best in any of the Lucas Star Wars movies, I would say. it might. I mean, the only other performance in Star Wars that I can think of that's, like, really good is the one Adam Driver gave as Kylo Ren yeah. most recently. You know, that's... Yeah. Kylo Ren is the best part of the new trilogy, in my opinion. I'm not sure if we talked about it over on Wookiee Radio or not, but I, I have a
0: theory on why the prequels are getting so much so much (laughs) love now um and and the sequels aren't um star wars i mean if you look at it realistically star wars is a mediocre film trilogy to begin with yeah, yeah. um it, it just it happened to f- hit a niche and found a following that was needed at that time yeah it was new too you know yeah. nobody had ever seen science fiction like that right uh, it, it, as it's been listed it's
2: almost a space spaghetti western mm-hmm. and also a lot of a, a lot of us who are who are fans of it were kids when it came exactly. out and it is it is you, you hate you know it's it's hard to admit sometimes but but it is basically it's a kid's film. Kind
0: of, it's a kid's film. Now, you look at the people who are praising the prequels. Um, and I know it's not fair to you, Aaron, because we are much older than you.
1: I know exactly <laughs> what you're going to say, I think. And I think I agree. But, say it. but with the prequels, the people who
0: truly praise it and say that the prequels are better than the original trilogy are people who were kids when the movie came out. Yeah. So they didn't see the original in the theaters. They saw it on mm-hmm. TV. Right. And, and they had the influence of the parents um, so to them they didn't know they didn't grasp that the films were already mediocre so they thought the prequels were much better than
1: what they are but they still carried the same mediocrity from the original trilogy. I think you're a hundred percent right I, I really do it, It's funny because I did I grew up on the prequel trilogy I you know I saw episodes one, two and three in theaters um, and, and that's exactly what it is. Is I grew up with the original trilogy on VHS and then the prequel trilogy came out. And of course, I love both trilogies. I mean, you love, if you love Star Wars, you love Star Wars for the most part. But so now what I'm curious right. to see is are people going to come around on the sequel trilogy? Because in my mind, I mean, it's just so. I'll, I'll I have you know. a vendetta against The Last Jedi. I just, cause like, it's just, you got a trilogy and it's going along. The Last Jedi on its own as a film, that's a different conversation conversation but like what it did to that trilogy it's just you just shot a hole right through it it's like you're, you're no longer a, a story you know and then yeah. in rise of Skywalker J.J. Abrams is like oh no <laughs> pick up the pieces and desperately trying to put together an arc like it's just it's it's really interesting I'm, I'm curious to see what the attitude will be on it in 20 years uh, we can let you know because
0: my daughter is part of the sequel trilogy now where mm-hmm. you know she thoroughly enjoyed the prequels and the in the original trilogy, now I've done my job right. She likes the <laughs> she likes the original trilogy more than the prequels.
1: Ooh,
0: Dad of the Year. Good work. Which, which was a shock <laughs> to me. Yeah. But when I showed her the, the original trilogy, thankfully, I had, when they released them on DVD, mm-hmm. I have two copies. I have the regular, the original release, and then when they released with the bonus disc, and the bonus disc was how we saw them as kids? Yeah, the theatrical cuts. The Well, the original cuts, before the special editions. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And That's I right, showed yeah. my
0: daughter those, so now when nice. she sees the original trilogy, and then we get to the... Kansas Tina she got why did he have Greedo shoot? Han's the only one that shoots. Like,
1: <laughs> yes, Padwan, like you have we learned been, well. You've learned well. Everyone's been asking themselves that question <laughs> since the nineties. <90s. laughs>
0: um, so she but she thoroughly enjoys the, the sequel trilogy. But she she doesn't understand how um, how I could say, and I say this quite often, and I know Derek's kind of tired of hearing me saying it. I love uh, here we go. I love the Last Jedi, but it's the one. Mm. It's the one I'm the most critical of. And if it you listen, and if you listen to me talk about
1: it, you're gonna go and you say you love it. I've said that. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting though, because you're right. I mean, it's one of those movies where, on its own merits, it's a completely different conversation than how does it fit into the trilogy, you know? And then you've got Haldo hyperspeeding or whatever into those the whole fleet and splitting them all in half. It's like that's a that moment is up there in the whole series. Like it's great. Right. Um, But then you've got Finn and Rose going to some casinos, horses free, and you're like, where, what drug am I on? See, that whole story, that's one of my biggest critiques. That whole story arc was not needed. My primary critique, really, everything else is, you know, everything else is acceptable pretty much. And
0: stemming from that, why, if BB-8's being touted as the new R2-D2 in the future, and we're trying to phase out R2-D2 and those type of astromechs, just because... As, you know Kenny Baker has passed on uh, mm-hmm. the guy who who's taken over for him I can't remember his name um, and not to say he hasn't done a great job but it's it's becoming a a legacy you know Anthony Daniels is essentially done with C-3PO unless you see him walking across in the background um, like we did in, in Rogue One briefly mm-hmm. um, at, I don't Rogue remember. One rocks by the way side note not going to disagree but why could why couldn't BB-8 why couldn't Finn and Rose take a sh- an show shuttle craft fly off disappear you know hit a hyperspace moment disappear come back from another direction and fly onto the craft and let BB8 do like R2 would have done and be the code breaker and get on the ship mm-hmm. BB8 so R2D2 <laughs> no now
2: now see what's funny is see I really I really I really enjoyed The Last Jedi and yes I there are issues with it but overall I enjoyed it and uh for me the rise of skywalker i had a lot of problems with yeah and i think and time I, goes I was on, really,
1: people are starting to feel that way too
2: yeah because when i watched it in the theater the first time i loved it but then afterwards me and my friend were talking about it and we're like well you know there's there's this is a problem and this is an issue and this was you know and well now they're
1: of, saying like you know, aren't they saying that don't palpatine don't is like a failed clone or something like that like so now po- they're going around yeah that that's in the novel yeah yeah and then people are
0: are interpreting a certain passage in the novel that this Palpatine is mm-hmm. a, a failed clone that um that when Palpatine died, was thrown down the shaft his his essence went immediately to to these clones that this was a mm-hmm. failed clone which well we, were...
2: we didn't have any other explanation right there was no
1: yeah. explanation in the movie of how he you know survived right yeah no so here's what I want to know total side note but why while we're talking about science fiction i i do so many horror movies it's really nice to be promoting a science fiction movie um and part of that was that i was binging all sorts of science fiction I, i'm a huge fan of the genre obviously but when you're doing low budget movies it's not a genre you get to explore very often but what i want to know is what are some of your guys's favorite sci-fi movies um both old and new. So like, oh. for example, like a, here's an, I'll, I'll start, give you guys time to think. Um, I love, starting with some recent stuff. Uh, obviously I watched Ex Machina because it's yeah. got a lot of parallels to my movie. But what I really love was his next movie, Annihilation. I was all over that and it's exploration what? of DNA I haven't and seen all it's yet. really I see it's really special like it, it you watch it and you're like I'm watching something important here I'm watching something that people are going to be talking about in 10 years because it's so it takes science fiction in a direction I didn't know it could go you know right. it, it's really a cool story Arrival I thought was amazing that's another contemporary mm-hmm. science yeah. fiction movie I love um but as you could probably see by the Derek I like the 70s stuff with those <laughs> gloom and doom <laughs> like I love Soylent Green I've seen that about a hundred times oh yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah I
1: love Soylent Green um Logan's Run um mm. you know uh, the original Westworld World, mm-hmm. you know oh yeah um, <laughs> War games. War game is war games is eighties though. Um, yeah, yeah. But all the yeah, way back, early eighties. Science fiction like started at two thousand one, a space odyssey, right in my mind. Because um, if you go before that, like you there's science fiction, but it's it's like Stanley Kubrick invented the science fiction cinema wheel as we know it today. Because before that, yeah. you've got like the day the earth right. said still and Forbidden Planet and oh, you know all those 50s sci sci-fi actually, classics. If you
0: want to go that far, what started the sci-fi? Was Walt Disney? Explain. I. Th- I. I'm interested. I'm interested. They. He. Um. I remember seeing this on uh, the Imagineering story. Mm-hmm. on Disney Plus, and they were talking about how he had created essentially the one space station. I guess he was doing some work with NASA um, about concept art for, for space, and cre- And he came up with this idea of the the ring, like what we see in 2001 a of Space Office, where your your feet are on the outside with the heads going
1: into the center because of the gravity, huh. with it generating the gravity. That makes sense, though. Why not, he when was I probably f- doing that research for like space Mountain and Tomorrowland and all that stuff. Yeah. So when okay. I first saw that, I'm like,
0: oh, so this is where Kubrick got the idea from.
1: That's really interesting. Yeah. So, so what are some of your guys' favorites? See. I'll let you go, Derek. Ooh. Oh
2: well, I mean I think I agree with you on the point of where two thousand one was probably like a uh a change in sci-fi. I definitely a, definitely a landmark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you know, I love that movie. Um, you know, but uh, I like, I also, I love, what I love most about sci-fi is uh, it uses, you know, it has all kinds of cool things, robots, spaceships, and all that, but it uses all that to, to tell intelligent stories and, yeah. and slips in, you know, that's why I like I've always been a big star. Star Trek fan and and everything. Um uh ooh, trying to think now.
1: There's so many. I know, like Termin- the Terminator movies just popped in my head and uh yeah, Terminator. All of the, the Nolan aliens. Christopher Nolan sci-fi stuff, like yeah. Interstellar and that stuff. Uh right. Alien. There's all the there's the sci-fi horror stuff, you yeah. know. Yeah. I've only seen Alien about a million times. Uh um, yeah. here's here's a good question. Alien or aliens?
2: I I really I really I really can't pick one. Essentially, they're kind of two different types of films. Which they is are, what I really love about question. them. <laughs> yeah, the you know, aliens more the, the horror, and aliens is more of the kind of action, action horror
0: mm-hmm. sci-fi. Um, so it's now, really it's now if we say or, if we say three or four, that's easy for me. <laughs> three, four, ooh, three, four. no way. I would take three uh-huh. over four any day. Say, see, I, I loved four. I loved that whole concept of. Oh, she hated it. She's oh. a clone, and at the this point in time they've been cloning her for so long and we see all the other failed experiments and that even the xenomorphs are clones at this point and sure there there's some potentially interesting ideas in it but
2: uh, that that baby alien human hybrid thing no thank you <laughs> <laughs>
1: that, there's a whole, there's whole whole i agree with you though about four where there's there there are cool concepts i just don't know if they managed to string it together into something cohesive Right. But what do you, what do you guys, uh, you, I'm, I'm getting lost. Um, uh, Michael, what are some of your favorite sci-fi titles?
0: Oh, does it have to be just film or can it go TV as well? No, go uh, TV. Go for it. Um, you doing, try not to do TV. <laughs> well, if we go TV, I loved, and I got this from my dad. Uh, I love space
1: 1999. Oh man. I don't hear much about that show.
0: Um, shoot. Who, where is it on right now? It's on one of the streaming services. Not Netflix or Hulu, but it's on one of the others, like Pluto or uh, Crackle or, or somewhere. I, yeah. I have a Roku box, and it popped up somewhere. Maybe maybe through the Roku channel as well. I know if you go to Roku and search Space 1999, it's going to tell you where it's at. Um, but I, I loved Space 1999 because, you know, they took the whole concept of, well, by 1999, we're going to have a moon base. Well, if we didn't have the issues of Apollo 13 and, and then some of the other issues that popped up... At After, uh, you know, with them wanting to scratch the Apollo missions after 18, Mm -hmm. we we probably would have had moon bases by now in dealing with that whole scenario.
1: That's a crazy thought, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Logan's Run, you mentioned. I I remember remember watching it. Um, Terminator, Alien, Aliens. um, Sci-Fi. This is one I discovered years ago. Someone had the DVD and brought it into work. The Cube. Cube is good.
1: I love it. The whole knife that one. It's like a sci-fi chamber thriller horror movie, prison film as well. Yeah, and it's it, and the
0: secret is whatever the codes are at the door tells you what when you look at the next room after the room shifts, it'll tell you what what the next what you're going to be in for in the next room once you once you crack the code. It's a cool movie, I think. for sure. Um, there was video a, game. Yeah, uh, there was another one. Um, I don't remember the name of it but it was a horror film but it had a sci-fi element to it you were in a house mm-hmm. and some of the some of the floors were were glass and it was almost like a clock type thing you talking about 13 ghosts
1: uh i don't think so i want to say maybe tony shalhoub was in it i don't know i i'm sitting here thinking about um i i never thought splice got enough love that movie with the alien uh, the sexy the sexy alien um, yeah <laughs> i wish it was better it's not not great, but it, it could have been. And then yeah. I think about... Um, it's fun. It is. I'm 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 all for schlock. I like B-movie stuff, you know? Anything yeah. that can capture that yeah. B-movie spirit. Yeah. Especially when they waste a bunch of money on it. There's nothing better than when I go see a movie and I'm thinking, how did this get funded? <laughs> who who thought it would be a good idea to dump millions of dollars into this? I'm glad they did, but I'm one of the only people who feel that way. Black Hole. <laughs> the black Hole
0: is, is another one I absolutely love. Love. Black
1: Hole. I, uh, I don't even remember
0: that one. Tron as well. Black Black Hole the Black Hole Disney movie? No. It is on Disney Plus. Uh. Yay. Um but there there's been talk of them potentially either remaking it or doing a sequel to it. And I'm okay with that because if they remake it the technology today would take, as long as they keep the, the the original plot concept alive, but do a totally different story, maybe involving the same characters, but a completely new telling, instead of just going, oh, here's the script, let's redo the script. Yeah, um, That I would be okay with, because I'd be curious to see what they do with it.
1: Yeah, I'm looking, at, I'm looking at pictures right now, and these robots are so 70s, but there's a robot in there oh, yeah. that I yep. swear to God is In Toy Story, it's one of Emperor Zerg's like minions or something. I know it's in oh, Toy Story somewhere. You're, you're, uh,
0: it's a good chance that it, it could be. Yeah, it's either,
1: yeah, it's the it's, it's the red, red one? one, Maximilian. Yeah, oh, uh, Maximilian. Uh, Maximilian.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and then, and then I've never
1: got, heard of this movie. I think I'm I'm in for a fun evening. I might just watch uh, this. It's on Disney uh, Plus. It's on Disney Plus. Yep, right on. I've been watching all kinds of old old horror recently because I've got friends that are really into to those old Giallo movies, you know, the Argento stuff and the Olchi stuff. And I've seen the the hits, but never some of the deep cuts, you know. So I watched like the Beyond last night, which I had never seen. I watched Deep Red. Um, I've been watching some early Cronenberg. I just watched The Brood for the first time. Have you guys seen that one? No, no, I don't think so. It's a troop of killer children and they run around wreaking (laughs) havoc. And it's body horror, too. Cause in the end it turns out like she's given birth to these things asexually, like externally, and she's like this external womb, and it's nuts. If you like body wow. horror, it's, yeah, it's a cool movie. Okay. It's very early Cronenberg. It was before um, Scanners or anything like that. Okay. Uh, and Derek, you were correct. It is 13 Ghosts. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, it sounded like it when you were
2: describing it. Yeah, yeah. It. Um, um, you know what I, what, I, what I really, as far as what uh, was good for sci-fi TV, there was a British show on a couple of years ago called Human. Yeah. Oh,
1: I've heard of that yeah. one.
2: Uh, yeah. That one was really good. That actually kind of fits in with your movie. It's about androids and stuff. That one was really good. Yeah, I love it. And yeah,
1: I say we just... do more. You know, what's like, really good sci-fi right now is black mirror. Like, oh, I know, yeah. I know yeah. everybody's all about it, but there's, there's good reason. You know, I think it's a, it's a good show. Uh, who writes that stuff? Charlie Bo No, Charlie Cross, Charlie Booker, Charlie Bennett, something like that. Um, whoever, there's a guy, he writes all of black mirror and he's, he, He's got a great style going on. Um, really cool stuff. Oh. All this talk is making me want to make another sci-fi movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love Red Dwarf. Go for it, I see. Uh, yeah, Red, Red Dwarf. Dwarf. I, I haven't seen that one.
2: That one. That one's a. That's a British. It's a British uh, uh, sci-fi, sci-fi,
1: sci-fi comedy, comedy series. Mm. Yeah, oh, it and it yeah. it's great. What do you guys think about Orville? Love Orville. Oh, I love Orville. Yeah. Cannot I'm, wait I'm for season three it. on Hulu. Sweet. I'm about to start it because I'm a yeah. huge Beth MacFarlane fan. Fan, and I'm a huge sci fi fan, and I've been told oh. it didn't particularly appeal to me, but they're like, no, it's like this love blend it. of humor and like old school Star Trek, and you'll love it. You'll love it. So, um, it, um, I'm not excited it, to see it. It, uh, the first couple of episodes, but,
2: but, um, like after, I don't know, after the first couple, you can tell that he really kind of, uh, finds his, what he's trying to do. Yeah. So then it just, then it just takes off, and it just, oh, it's so good. It's such a great show.
0: It, he, he, um, he wanted to be he wanted to go full seriousness with this because he yeah, absolutely loves sci-fi he's a huge Star Wars Star Trek fan yeah Um, but he did not one of the things was he knew he, if he went full serious with it he was going to get hated on because everyone expects a certain amount of humor mm-hmm. right so the humor he puts in this film is totally different from everything else he has done right and and it works and it's still you can still tell it's Seth MacFarlane humor. Yeah. But if you're expecting Family Guy American Dad type humor or the Cleveland Correct. show, you're not going to get it.
1: Good for him. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see him branch out, you know, because um, I love, yeah. obviously I love those shows, but they are very much the same to each other. You know, they're very similar, mm-hmm. um, especially, you know, Cleveland show and, and Family Guy. Um, but uh, so cool. I'm, I'll have to check that out then for sure um have you seen uh the netflix series russian doll sorry which one russian doll on no netflix. but i've heard it's good there's, oh, a, there's so much tv out there that one. yeah oh, that is oh i know i know it drives me nuts i'm so far behind on everything but you know that's that's kind of one of the crazy things about being in the industry right now and being a filmmaker right now is you're putting out movies when there's this huge glut of movies and tv and it's like how on earth are you supposed to get anybody to see anything you know and and that's the thing everybody is seeing everything and nothing at the same time so you know you have conversations like this and there are very few things that we've all seen because nowadays there's so much stuff you know that it's like oh i haven't seen the orville because i'm watching you know this or black mirror or lock and key or whatever you know so it's, I'm interested. I
2: haven't watched Lock and Key yet. Lock no. and Key
1: is cool. I haven't, Lock and haven't Key is started cool. yet. Is it? Yeah.
0: yeah I, I was surprised. Yeah. Well, if we if we want to go another streaming service, sci fi, how, how can we not throw it out there? The Mandalorian.
1: Oh my God. I did watch The Mandalorian. Okay. Yeah. I great. really, yeah. yeah. I was really surprised. I think everybody was. Yeah.
0: And for me, yeah. man, I was just talking to someone about this today. Galaxy's Edge for for Disney Mm -hmm. I I could almost fix so many different plot holes with what they're trying to present Um, because right now it's supposed to take place when you go to Galaxy's Edge you're supposed to be between Rise of Resistance or not Rise of Resistance that's the ride Um, The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker (laughs) so you're taking in in that two two to three year time period in between those films uh, in the timeline okay cool but now that The Mandalorian is such a hot take you can easily go after the time period of um, Return of the Jedi, or be in the time period of um, the Mandalorian, and you yeah. can do more bounty hunters. You could have, since they've they've talked about. Uh, there's rumors going around of a Mandalorian meet and greet potentially co- happening at the parks. Why go to Launch Bay and do that when you can actually put him in 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 universe essentially with yeah. with Galaxy's Edge? Um, okay, so you don't have Kylo Ren, but you could then build it up to where you know, you're. We're leading up to the creation of the first order, um, or you know, you can have the the remnant stormtroopers walking around where the armor looks silly, and and it's more of an outlaw type state with this outer world planet
1: that you're on. Disney needs to hire you. Do you think they have like a, well, a they, resident Star they, Wars fan? They they did <laughs> hire like hired ten of. They did hire me, but not
0: in that capacity. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm an audio engineer at. Disney World.
1: No way. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, that's because you you guys are in Florida. I am. Derek's in in the Boston area. Oh, okay. I'm yep. Nashville, so I'm I'm right in between you huh? guys. Okay. Oh. Um. Oh. Just were you? Uh. Yeah. The yeah. tornadoes. Yeah. Oh yeah, my goodness. Yeah. It's I we. So I have a friend that lost her house in the tornadoes, oh. and oh, wow. she was dead in the center of it. She was okay, thank goodness. Um, and her stuff yeah. was okay for the most part. The Damage was pretty minimal to her stuff inside the house because the living room got hit the worst and all they had in there was the tv and the couch and the tv was fine and uh but their roof their roof got lifted off the house and then everything in their attic blew out of the attic and then the roof fell back onto the house so i went there to help her clean up and get her stuff out of the house all the windows had busted out and all over her lawn is christmas stuff from the attic and across the street street. And it's just crazy. The next door neighbor had a car that had blown into their living room. It was insane. We had a tornado here in 90, 98. No, um, I was a kid, but I remember it cause I was in a basement. What happened? Um, and then we had the floods in 2010, but the damage that this storm did, it's unreal. It really is. And thankfully my friends and family are okay. Um, but whoa, man, I mean, I, I drove through it cause I was helping out down there and it's you see this stuff on TV and you don't imagine what it's like but when you actually walk through it and you see all these houses and there were power line you know the big metal power line holders or whatever just bent in half like a twig uh, I mean it really was nuts to see you know um, mm. um, but I am okay thank you for asking and, and my, my friends and family are all okay but awesome. man oh man it's good to hear. if you're listening and you want to donate it's the um oh gosh the Red Cross is always a good go to, and then there's uh Second Harvest Nashville, and but yeah, no, it's it was nuts, but uh, but anyway,
0: I uh, I have been through a great deal of tornadoes before uh, I even moved to. I moved around a lot as a kid, and uh, yeah. I lived in Oklahoma and Arkansas during most of my time oh, when I dealt wow. with tornadoes. Uh, I think by the time I graduated high school, I actually. St- <laughs> Well, I guess we could say survived. Uh, I, I I experienced seven different tornadoes. And, and the, crazy. And the you worst, were in Tornado Alley. And the worst one I dealt with was when I was at Boy Scout camp. Tornado went right behind my campsite. Oh, my it came and went oh, I right like, through the camp. Man. And to be in a tent when the tornado's going by is so wild. It's it's like, what can you do then? Uh, thankfully, the tent I had was uh, the older style Boy Scout TP tents where the it had mm-hmm. a center center bar with t small T yeah. brace at, at the top and it was round shell so the winds would hit it and go up and over. Everyone else in the camp had the normal four wall pup tent that looks like the yeah. the doghouse style and the and of course you know you got the the two pole you know two support poles in the middle you know, at, at the doorways with the the long and 90% of those tents one or two of the three poles broke. We were the only one that didn't, and we're holding it on center, and then when we realized what the wind was doing, my mate, you know, my dad was a scoutmaster, he came up to us, you guys okay? Yeah. And our tent was the closest to the tornado when it went by, from because of where we set up. He goes, my dad and another scoutmaster came up to us and said, okay, you guys okay? And we said, yeah. Well, it looks like you guys are going to be fine. We got to go check. You stay here until we tell you to get out. And then next thing I know, we got two more people coming into our tent, but when these other two People came into the tent. We were asleep on the in our bunk. well. We weren't asleep. We we're laying in our in our on our cots, going, "Okay, this could stop at any time now." <laughs> um, but we we weren't having to hold up our tent or anything. But it was so wild, so wild. You could see because they they had carved uh, the the roadway for the maintenance trucks to get to the different you know and for vehicles to be able you know troops to be able to drop their stuff off at the yeah uh, campsites and then pull everything out Um and ours was you you can see the cliff banks that they dug through and you can see the tornado marks in the in the dirt bank it's like wow
1: that was really close that's crazy and then you moved from Tornado Alley to the hurricane capital of the United States yeah yeah hurricane
0: (laughs) hurricanes bore me
1: now you just gotta you gotta hit Los Angeles and go experience an earthquake and a wildfire and you'll be good I have experienced earthquakes earthquakes are wild aren't they yeah yeah I shot some of the first movie I shot was a movie called Clowntergeist. I did not name it. (laughs) Um, But, hey, man, I was 19 when I made that movie. And when someone picked it up, I was just happy they took it. And they're like, we're going to rename it. Um, Let's, you know, come up with a list of names that might work. And these guys that put it out, they're fun guys. They're funny guys. And so I came up with some joke names amongst this list of like 40 different names. One of them was Clowntergeist. Next to Star Wars Episode 9, The Clown Awakens, right? <laughs> like, just goofing <laughs> off. And they see the name Clowntergeist, and they're like, we're going to call it Clowntergeist. You might get good press. And what? they were right. It was in Entertainment Weekly. It was in The Hollywood Reporter. It was nuts. Um, wow. Yeah. But but anyway, while we were shooting Clowntergeist, um, I was 19. I had no idea what I was doing. I had run up a credit card to make the movie. Uh, my dad had given me money that he was going to send me to college with. Uh, I asked. Asked every single person I ever worked with or worked for for money and so I'm out there and I'm shooting this movie and we're driving to this location it's like a national park with just a road right so we can do this scene where they pull over and they find a body whatever and we're on the way there it's the last two days of shooting and I get this call and it's like hey the location is on fire I'm like "The the it's a road how is it on fire they're like well everything around the road is on fire so you can't really go shoot there anymore. And sure enough, we pull up to this park, and the whole thing is in blazes. You know, we don't we, we get close to it, but you could see the smoke plume, and all of a sudden, oh, this is this huge wildfire. It's it's it really is nuts. Like how it all just sort of erupts out there. Wow.
0: Uh, well, we we had a friend we had a friend in the show who uh she lost her home due to the uh, the big fires. All right. Uh, oh, the recent ones. Yeah, and, and she has a yeah. great
1: sci-fi film. Um, sci-fi filmmakers are cursed with uh, fire yeah um, so, it,
0: it's tracy Bursaw and her um it's rogue warrior isn't it yes we, yeah because we we both ended up buying the movie on dvd
1: <laughs> that's crazy um, the company that i work based out of phoenix and I, they're super it's dry out there so you can't even light a match without somebody being like be careful yeah. as you should be it's just nuts yeah, yeah Nashville. we yeah. don't get much of anything here that's why this tornado was like because i was like at 3 a.m and we're not used to. The tornadoes. That's why it was so devastating was it came out of nowhere. You mm-hmm. know, it's yeah. crazy, crazy, crazy. You know, it was funny, though, the day after the tornado, uh, I had somebody, I was just talking with somebody and all these videos of the tornado itself were popping up and somebody asked me, did they shoot the movie Twister inside of a real tornado? <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 they didn't. But thank you for asking.
0: <laughs> I mean, they came
1: close
0: to exemplary what a tornado is like, but yeah. they still
1: miss the mark on a lot of things with it. Twister is a fun movie though. Yeah. <laughs> Side note. Um, <laughs> yeah. Huh? Whenever well, I think of Twister, i oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Whenever I think of Twister, I think of the director, Jan DeBont and Jan DeBont, maybe he's the director. I know he worked on Twister. Anyway, he worked on a movie. He was the DP on a movie called Roar. Have you guys heard of Roar? Yes. With Tippi Hedren? I just yeah, found no, out about no, that yeah. for the first time. And I couldn't believe my eyes. They're shooting with real lions. And Jan DeBont, the DP, director of Twister, got scalped by one of the lions and then got gangrene. How crazy is that? Oh, I didn't know that. that. He was, yeah, one of the worst injuries on on the set. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. That also reminds me, I'm a scatterbrained person, if you can't tell. I'm a terrible podcast guest because it's like, all right, Aaron, you're here here to talk about about the hey, movie, but it's funny because they're always on, like they're always like. Ceiling, so <laughs> they're but always like you're here to talk about the movie, and then I'm like, what about tornadoes?
0: <laughs> I was going to say, um, and Derek's going to laugh at me for this. This has probably been one of the longest tangents we've ever had on the show. So kudos, <laughs> kudos <laughs> to you, Aaron. Right on. To, to get to get back m- many thousand miles later down on the road, back on the right path. Um, how'd you
1: how'd you go about casting? for mm-hmm. for alpha test. That was actually uh, a mix normally. So with really really cheap movies, you cast the people you can trust, right? Because when you're doing a cheap movie, it it's going to fall apart at any second, right? It's the production is so fragile because it's so cheap, and if something happens, there's very little you can do to save it, you know, because you don't have the money. So right. you need to make sure you're working with people you trust and people you like, and especially with the actors, you know, like we were talking about before uh the podcast you know you know there's some guests some actors that we've had issues with blah, blah, blah whatever uh it's it's it, what do you do if you don't have a guest that's what i'm saying is if you don't have a guest you're screwed if one of the hosts is gone you might be able to figure it out if you have a broken mic you might be able to figure it out if you don't have a guest you don't have a show if i don't have an actor i don't have a show and so if a camera guy is sick or the boom operator is the spawn of satan they're easy enough to get rid of and or replace or whatever. Actors, you have to be really, really careful. But for this movie, I had to cast an entire family. And so I'm going into different age ranges and demographics that I don't normally go into. Because with a horror movie, it's like, yeah, grab a, a bunch of young people and kill them off. Um, but that was different for this movie. And so we did an open casting call. Um, the only person that was I had used before was the dad. I had worked with him very, very briefly and wanted to work with him in more depth. Because he's in all kinds of stuff. He's in that movie Masterminds with Zach Galif. Anakis, he was wow. in that movie uh, Dark Waters with Mark Ruffalo that just came out. Yeah, you um, look
0: really familiar. I was gonna say he, he, he's, he's in everything.
1: Yeah, he's he's been in like two hundred things. He's one of those guys where you've seen him on TV without knowing it. Um, right. He in the mid South area, he's the budget breaks guy. Like he's just you've seen him. <laughs> But um, so I'd worked with him and I'd worked with the robot before. She was my scary nun in my movie Curse of the Nun. Um, mm. So I had worked with her, but everybody else was new. And the trickiest part was casting a young person, like a really young person. Like I'm young, but I'm talking like a teenager, you know, um, to play the main teenager, like essentially the main character other than the robot. So I opened up casting calls and I figure I could take a 21 year old, an 18 year old and like scale them down to 16 like they do in those Disney movies. But it wasn't the same. You get all these Instagram model actresses and they're like, I'm trying out for the role of the 16 year old. I'm like, that's not going to work. You're not innocent. You're not like I need I need a naiveness. And and, and it's like you're fragile. The whole point is this teenager does not understand the dangerous robot that she is dealing with and is projecting all of her, you know, issues onto this robot. And, you know, I needed somebody who was kind of naive and fragile. Fragile and just you felt like could break at any second, you know, because they're a
0: kid. And, and you had to go mention Instagram
1: models because that could take us on a whole other. Oh, my goodness. Tangent. Don't even get me started because I <laughs> golly, because that's who is auditioning these days. It's Instagram people because in, in L.A., there's a reason I, I tend to stay away from L.A., but um, I've done work out there and so many actors will complain about it, it, right Rightfully so, that if you don't have enough Instagram followers, you won't get the part. So, you know, because if you're if you're some random network TV show and you need a bit part or a character there for one episode, it's like, how are we going to draw people into this episode? We can't cast a movie star or a name that people know for one episode. How do we get as much traction as we can? And the answer is Instagram models. And so uh, they've all turned into Instagram models, guys and girls. See, believe me, I've met some beautiful men. See yeah. <laughs> it is you know you just gotta be up front, but it's when someone like, Oh, I'm family friendly but i i and then they don't act that they, yeah. they it's just it's consistency, it's just be honest, be upfront, mm. I will accept you as you are, I just won't accept money grubbing and dishonesty and that kind of thing, and then they run out, I, I want to be a role model, I'm like then you you gotta you gotta be one, yeah. you know you gotta for, you can't just say that for me the the hypocrisy comes more in you know when it's like they run around saying. I want to be uh, a family friendly person and then they aren't or they say I or even if they just say like I want to be an actor and they don't do anything to achieve that that's not even hypocrisy it's more just not doing what you say but it's just mean what you say say what you mean do what you mean just be genuine be honest that's the biggest thing and so you know that's how I see it and so that's how some of these cosplayers can come off is cosplayers models Instagram models that's the whole thing is it's If they're genuine and they and they're self aware and they understand what they're doing, they have my full respect. I got nothing against models. It's the money grubbing or the lying or the false representation that can really kind of get frustrating. You know what I mean? That's where my issues are, and and,
0: and that's um, where you that's where you get a lot of it at.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what's funny? You know what's funny is the bottom line is that a lot of them can't act, (laughs) and they try out for my (laughs) movies anyway. I feel so bad they spend all this time building this following you know to try and be productive as an actor because hey man a a big following is going to help you when you're trying out for network television and things like that and so i will man that's that's kind of that's it all of that stuff is not the reason why they're the bane of my existence the reason they're the bane of my existence is because they can't act i'm like if you spend as much time learning to act as as you did as collecting this instagram following you might have had a shot at this audition but you don't um But yeah, so in the end, I went with a real teenager who could really act, and uh, she was fantastic. She was amazing. I've worked with her like two times since, you know. But that's a really hard thing is finding genuine actors that you want to be around, that you trust with right. the production, that you trust with the character, who can kind of take that movie to where you need it to go, you know.
0: Right. Why, why does she, the actress who plays Lily, why does she look so familiar? I don't
1: know. I, she, I, I know she did a Nickelodeon pilot, and I know she did some Pure Flix stuff like the the Christian Channel and I know she did. Uh, I don't know. She was on a, I think she was on a Nickelodeon game show at one point. Okay. Um I don't know. You might have seen her in something that your daughter was seeing on TV, I don't know. Um Could be. But uh, could be the most recognizable person though is probably Wynn, the dad cuz like I said he's been in all kinds of stuff. Um That's the weirdest thing right there is when you are watching a movie or you're watching TV and you see somebody you know. It's this immediate like, "Whoa, where am I?" <laughs> I saw that great movie Boy Erased and I had a close friend and an actor I work with frequently in it and I didn't realize that he was like in it, in it. And so I'm watching the movie looking for him in the background or whatever and then boom, there he is. And I'm in the theater and it's just like, whoa, there you are. What are you doing on my TV? What are you doing on the movie screen? Like It it throws you for such a loop and it, it does, it takes you out of it so hard. And so I can't imagine what it's like when you're working at the upper levels of the industry and you know, it's like, oh yeah, I know Russell Crowe. And then you go see a Russell Crowe movie and you're like, oh, that's Russell, you know? <laughs> or like, I think about that too with yeah. a lot of the actors that I know where they're getting bigger and they're doing bigger movies and they might do like a, something really weird on camera. Maybe they'll play a psychopath or maybe they'll do a nude scene or something. It's like, I can't watch it. It's like, I, I know you and that feels like an invasion of your privacy and it's like, I can't. It's 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 just really weird once you really start to get to know actors and see their work because th- it's that person that you know, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I could see that being weird, yeah. Yeah, so I just, I always wonder about that with people who like, you know, if you know Joaquin Phoenix, does that stop you from enjoying Joker? Like, if you know Adam Driver and you see him weeping his heart out in Marriage Story, is you're like, oh, Adam. <laughs> it's not you. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, yeah, I wonder about that. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> funny thought. Um, oh, we, we've been on a while. Have we? We yeah. have, which is great. It's been a good conversation. Not, look at that. Man, we're naturals at it. That's we're just you guys are good hosts that's what it is <laughs> we fooled them <laughs> again uh, yeah <laughs> fooled them uh, uh, that,
0: that that's why we, we we have guests on the show we, we're not a, a guest driven show where there's guests every week you oh. know there has been weeks it's felt like yeah, well, well, yeah it, you know, when, when october coast really, really gets a, a run and <laughs> and sends us a whole list and it's like there's a lot of people here we're interested in it it, it gets to be a while before we have news that's worse. You know, it, it definitely yeah. helps make up for those times when there's not news stories.
1: It's always mm. funny when mm, it, there's nothing stranger than a news day in the movie world, because you'll open the news and like it, in the real news, a slow news day might actually still be a story like, oh, thousands of birds landed on this power line and scared all the local. That's still kind of a story. But in the movie world, you open it up and it's like Sonic the Hedgehog Hedgehog uh, might be in development on an eighth movie, even though the first one just came out and Palpatine's a clone. I'm like, that's the news? I'm like, really? That's the news. Well, for the record, I like that Sonic movie way more than I should have because it was really <laughs> funny. And- or, or, or we
0: go the other route. James Bond has been pushed back to a November release date because of coronavirus.
1: That nut. Yeah. I was like, really? I do. I had my tickets. And then it's just, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, well, I guess, get it I
2: guess I guess the fans asked for it the fans were asking them to push it back because of that which is even weirder yeah
1: I mean if you're in China you know where it's not smart to leave the house and man it's gonna hit America like a baseball bat to the face like it's gonna uh, uh... coronavirus is Shelly Duval with the baseball bat and the America <laughs> is Jack Nicholson and we're about to get to that part where she manages to get a good hit in and he rolls back Backwards down the stairs. We're almost there. <laughs> it's the first. And that's what we'll feel case, like, too. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of us will. <laughs> you know, what's crazy about coronavirus is that so many people will get it and not show symptoms. That's why it's spreading so fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because you can range anywhere from having no symptoms to dying. Right. Like, talk about a gamble. What's you know? funny is
2: is when the when the coronavirus thing was just starting. My wife had taken a trip out to California for business, and she came back, and she, she was out with coronavirus, um, and, of course, she got me sick, and then the coronavirus started making more and more news, and we were like, uh-oh, I hope we don't have that.
1: You're like, uh-oh. You know, it's funny. <laughs> there was, oh, sorry, go ahead. There was, I think
2: at that time, there was one case in, like, Seattle, Washington, and we were like, well, that's not California, but. <laughs> but it's close. <laughs> <laughs>
1: My mom came down with the flu like a week and a half ago, a week ago, whatever. And my dad is a pilot; he flies all over the place. Domestic, he doesn't go to China or anything like that. But he's all over the place. He comes home, she gets the flu, and we're like, "Yeah, she has the flu. It is what it is." And then it's like coronavirus in you know in Tennessee, and you're like, "Uh, did my mom have coronavirus? Because she might have. She could have. She's better. Yeah. But she might have." <laughs> I remember when swine. Flu- flu happened, though. You guys remember swine flu? Uh, Which presidential election year was that? I think it
0: was. As my my mother is pointing out, that each one of these international illnesses, uh, it seems to be happening right around a U.S. presidential
1: year. But for real, because swine flu was 08, 08 or 09. Yeah. Man, Obama had the swine flu to deal with. And then uh, Trump uh, slash. And bird flu. Oh, gosh. Was that what? Like yeah, 2000, right.
0: 2004? No, uh, bird Burf- yeah. flu Burf- yeah. was uh, Obama's second. Oh, I'm, I'm
1: thinking seen. of
2: SARS. Mm-hmm. SARS was 0304. Oh, SARS. That's another one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 0304. Man, the, you're right. The chicken You're th- on something. They're they're poisoning <laughs> us. <laughs> it's like, all right, we need a political talking point. We're going to do a new plague. <laughs> I want to rewatch the movie Cajun, uh-huh. but I'm kind of worried that it'll like totally <laughs> freak me out. Yeah. You know yeah that I, might not be a good idea it would either be a very good idea or a very bad idea i don't know yet i'll let you guys know because i probably will watch it anyway i'll either feel more prepared or more scared or both yeah yeah maybe yeah well
0: apparently uh and i don't know how much you're into the convention scene apparently emerald city comic-con has postponed the convention
1: oh good they um, they have announced it's being postponed because I heard that there were people upset that it wasn't, because that's the one in Seattle, right? Yes. Or am I thinking of something else? Nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seattle. Seattle's where it's bad. Like, that's where it's happening. So, they, did you hear they canceled South by Southwest? Yes. Yeah.
2: That's and they're thinking
0: about doing, they're thinking about canceling E3 and Whoa. Yeah, well, and I'm hearing, uh, of course, for those who are into sports, the March Madness, they're talking about the, the whole college basketball tournament, still happen, but The the teams are going to be playing to empty arenas.
1: Wow. Okay, that has got to be... Can you imagine spending your whole career playing for full stadiums and then having to do a whole season without the people? This is science right here. We can see how it affects the players. Imagine what (laughs) that's like. You play surrounded by players, then all of a sudden, the only noise is... Like, that's got to mess with your headspace. Then all of a sudden you can hear the players trash talk. Like, they might have to, like, play crowd noises on a speaker. They're like, it's not fair. <laughs> we need crowd noises on the speakers. Yeah, we'll Skype in a bunch of people. They'll cheer. <laughs> and we'll play it through the speakers. Because of the Skype compression, it'll just be... <laughs> you, you, you can you can now
0: turn in your ticket and have it replaced by live streaming into the arena and all you see is computer screens all the way around. <laughs>
1: No, I, I want to be able. To, I want to be able to live stream into like a GoPro on one of the players' like heads or chest or something, <laughs> like a cool. basketball player bot cam. That'd be pretty rad. That, that would be cool. Speaking of basketball, okay. did you guys see Uncut it's, Gems? I no. haven't yet. No, I've heard. Of- I worship the ground that movie walks on. It's amazing. Anyway, really? back to coronavirus. Oh. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm huh. a fast paced kind of guy. I like my movies fast paced, and that movie, it's like it cranked it to eleven. It's like we can't get this movie to be any more fast-paced. What do we do? It's like, well, we could have everybody just scream all the dialogue over each other. we get, like, three scenes crammed in the one. They're like, perfect. And it works. It makes you so nervous and so anxious. And Adam Sandler just keeps getting himself into trouble. And, you know, it's it's a good one. But it's got a lot of basketball in it. That's what made me think of it. Um, mm. But anyway, I just, man, coronavirus, NBA, yeah. stadiums, another tangent. <laughs> <laughs> um. yeah, I'm, what I'm surprised is they're not delaying the Mul- on release, because that feels like something that's going to do really well overseas, and that's the kind of releases that they're moving—is the stuff that sells well overseas, because that's where coronavirus is the worst. Oh, Maybe right. it's just yeah.
0: too- if they push that back yeah. with all the other controversies that's got, uh, I think that movie will tank pretty hard. That's tr-
1: that's true. So I don't. have seen. I don't think I've seen a single one of the Disney live-action remakes. No, that's not true. That's not true. I was unfortunate enough to see Lion King. I was
0: unfortunate enough. To see Beauty and the Beast, mm.
1: Derek,
2: have you guys I saw both. Yeah. Oh man, That's, he saw both. Those are the only two I've seen. Though I've seen, Lion I've
0: seen, King I've seen been- bits and pieces of Jungle Book on TV. Jungle
1: Book was kind of cool, actually. Right. I saw bits and pieces of that one as well. But I read this review on Letterboxd. I don't know if you guys use that site. It's really cool. It's like a movie social network where you can log what movies you're watching. It's really cool. It's addictive. Um, oh, but oh, uh, but there's a Letterboxd review uh, for Lion King, and it says, I feel like this movie would be better if all the animals had eyebrows and it's so true oh, wow. <laughs> the whole movie there's just demon-eyed little cats photorealistic cats just chatting away with no eyebrows no expression in their dead little eyes and you're like i think i think i should watch a different horror movie
0: <laughs> um derek any final thoughts or questions mm-hmm. no i think i think i'm all set uh, right on. i guess i'll I- i'll pose the same question to Aaron. any final thoughts or questions questions for us. <sighs>
1: Someone else did this on a, on a podcast I was just on, and it was it was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, lightning Round, real quick. Favorite movie of all time. You can only pick one. All will start. Heather's, 1989. Ooh, nice one. It. Couldn't tell it's you fun. why. I just love it. I know the movie by heart. I haven't seen that in ages. So oh, good. It's deliciously dark. All, mm. only, only because
0: I'm mm. on my top five, and and any of them can be number one at any time. I'm if gonna... you know your top five mm. off the top of your head, you can spit it out. Top five. Empire Strikes Back Mm -hmm. Um, Rocky Horror Picture Show Mm -hmm. Uh, Black Hole Mm.
1: Uh sounds like I gotta watch the black hole then.
0: Can't remember what number four is, but number five is Howard the Duck. Ah <laughs> I am a That's a good list. Major Howard the Duck fan. Right on. Um actually I think Galaxy Quest is in there at number four. Ooh, Galaxy Quest is great too. And I would love to see yeah, a go yeah. with that. It's yeah. a good sign right there.
2: Something with it. Um well uh I'm going to um I'm going to take out the Star Wars movies because those are automatically, you know, those yeah. are my favorites. And yeah. I'll, but that that's a, that's, you know, that's an easy one. Um, there's people that know me with that. That's what they'd
0: probably say. <laughs> oh, Star mm-hmm. Wars. Yeah. So not including those, I think. See, for me, taking Star Wars out, I would replace uh, Empire Strikes Back. Because that that's an obvious for me with Captain America First Avenger. Mm-hmm. Really?
1: Love the that first movie. Captain America. Uh, that's my favorite. Wow, it's a good one. It doesn't get enough love. That movie. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it's oft forgotten in the MCU, which is a shame because it's really unique and it's its own thing, and which is rare in the MCU. Um, it's a good. It's a good pick. My other, I, have, in my on my list, I also have The Big Lebowski, Scream, Jaws. I love. Uh, yeah, I love Lebowski. Big Lebowski, Scream, Jaws, Heather's, me. and let's see. I'm looking at my shelf. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna get a little crazy, get a little funky, get a little modern, and just say. Parasite, because I've seen it like six times. Can't get enough of it. I doubt it'll oh, stay there. Seen it I'm yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I, I, I'm one of the fanboys that helped get it to Best Picture. I saw it when it came, because I'm a big fan of the filmmaker, Bong Joon-ho, and um, mm. now, amazing stuff. But no, so, Derek, I, I cut you off.
2: That is a very, very tough
0: question. It is. Uh, mm. I feel bad it that, came
1: so natural to me. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm like, you. Yeah, I, got, I got a top five, or I have a top four prepared. I don't know why I don't have a top five. I have a top four, because Letterboxd has four Four slots for your favorite movies, and so I gave it thought for four, but not five. I am going to say uh, I'm probably
2: forgetting so many things, so many movies too. Uh I'm gonna say
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I stumped you. <laughs> you did, yes. <laughs> What's your favorite of the Star Wars series? Uh, Empire Strikes Back. I think that's the only right answer, because Empire is mine as well. Like, I feel like that's the answer to that question. Yeah, it was just, yeah, there's just there's so many reasons. Well, he's thinking, why he's so thinking. Top three Star Wars films. Empire. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get some. I usually get heat for this. Empire, Revenge of the Sith, The Force Awakens. Wow.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Empire. Hmm? Rogue One.
1: Oh, I forget Star about Wars. Rogue One. Star Wars. I forgot about Rogue One. Yeah, no. I'm changing Force Awakens to Rogue One. I always forget to include the the Star Wars stories that they're not going to do anymore. Apparently, mm. there's still a possibility. It's I just yeah. They're hiring all these directors to do stuff, so yeah. they're they're going to clearly be making stuff. I just don't know yeah. what. What about your least favorite Star Wars movie? My Sandman. Revenge of the Sith. My least favorite would probably be Attack of the Clones
2: <laughs> that's interesting
1: all, all three of us picked each of the
0: prequels see, <laughs>
1: we did
0: <laughs> see for me poor prequels see for me uh, <laughs> Attack of the Clones is in my top five
1: interesting
0: I, interesting I, I, and it, yeah. it's funny the re- and, and Derek Derek laughs at this all the time um, when we talk mm-hmm. about it part of the reason why to me Revenge of the Sith now great film reason why it's at my bottom mm-hmm. too much love story but you that is what Attack of the Clones is
1: you're breaking my heart
0: but it, but attack of the but attack of the clones doesn't feel I mean that's that's love growing with that whole love story it, it doesn't feel Michael, as much. He
1: force feeds her a pear. They're yeah. eating fruit. He uses the force to feed it to her, then proceeds to tell her that he doesn't like sand. But, <laughs> yeah. but
0: they're they're on a date. He's trying to impress her as an adult. I would be. I would, so I mean, come on.
1: I would be impressed actually if I was on <laughs> on on a date with a Jedi. If I was on a date with Hayden Christensen and he force fed me a pair. not like force fed me you say that i say force fed i can it he throws a like, piece of
0: pear over to her Oh, it's he
1: like force a
0: yeah, yeah 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 i mean the force i b- mean that that's that's that innocent oh we we shouldn't be dating but we're yeah. going to flirt it's
1: shakespeare you know it's the, yeah. it's the romeo and juliet it, thing The it, revenge it, of the sith you're right she's like yeah i'm having a baby and then he's having nightmares about his mom and you know get get and, rid, of, ha- get rid of, the of get rid of younglings
0: get of half the the apartment scenes, yeah, and I think the film's so much that better. Is that what
1: it is? An, an apartment? I, I guess I never really yeah. knew. Yeah, it's her apartment, space apartment. It's a so, nice apartment. Yeah, they got that view. Is it is is it on Coruscant? Is that where yep. they are? Yep. Yeah. Yep. What's this? What is the city planet that got blown up? Alderaan? No, 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 no.
0: They blow up. They blow up. They blow up Alderaan uh, in Star Wars.
1: Yeah, they blow up Alderaan, but don't they blow up Coruscant in the sequel trilogy? And it's no. like, whoa, no, no, uh, it's a, a different planet. planet. It, it's the planet. It's the new Posneum. planet of uh, the New Republic. There was like city f- planet got blown because it looks prime. really cool when it when it happens. Yeah, you know, all those people on the balconies of their, you know, and they the red light overcomes the yeah overcomes them. But uh, what'd you say? And Derek? then the
0: Phantom, sorry, it's something Prime, right? Posnium Prime.
1: Yeah, because that's mm. where that's where Kaz is from in Resistance. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's his planet.
0: Yeah, which gives him yeah. ties to Leia.
1: Yeah. Um, I can't forgive Carrie Poppins, man, in Last Jedi. Her flying like yeah, she did. That was
2: yeah.
0: That was one of the things I didn't care for. Yeah, that was rough. Well, as I mentioned, it, it, that was Star Wars trying to get even with Marvel since this Yondu comes straight out and says, "I'm Mary Poppins, y'all." Like, yeah, <laughs> let's do that to Carrie Fisher as well. And I'm she's not, curious, and she's not alive to argue it. No, she's not.
1: <laughs> I'm super curious to, to see what they're gonna do with the MCU because Endgame and Infinity War just tied it up in this nice little bow, and now they're. I mean, it's like, how do you move on from that?
2: Yeah, they haven't really um, come. Out with their big plans yet?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, there's plenty of material. God knows, you know. I, I think the oh, next big, yeah. I think, okay. I think the next big crossover movie is going to be House of M.
1: that mm,
0: that'd be cool. Aren't they
1: doing the Eternals right now?
0: Yep. Yeah, that's but
2: coming out. Uh, Black Widow, The Eternals is coming out at the end of the year. It's supposedly
1: new. Mu- Sam Raimi might be doing Doctor Strange too. He is doing Doctor Strange. Yes. yes. Oh, he is. Bless. That's gonna be yeah. good. Yes. I need more. I need more uh, pizza time and emo Spider Man in my life. I need that vibe. I, want, I love the Spider Man movie. There
2: I want, you go. I got it. There you go. Uh, if you take out the sports film, uh, my all-time favorite movie would be Evil Dead Two. Oh, Ooh, good great, answer. Great, great I
1: love answer. that movie. That movie is awesome. It is awesome. I even liked the remake. You know that? I thought that. I was... Did, a- I didn't see the remake. It's see, good. It's I, something.
0: I heard Bruce Campbell mentioned. That the remake of Evil Dead was, or Army of Darkness, whatever it was, that it's a remake, but it's a... it's a reboot, but it's a, it's like Jurassic World. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a re it's a re- reboot, but it's a sequel at the same time.
1: You might be thinking of, you could be thinking of the remake of Evil Dead, but you could also be thinking of Evil Dead Two, because when they made Evil Dead One, it was so low budget, um, they shot it here in the beautiful state of Tennessee. Uh-huh. Um Ooh. and they sell it right to the studio that wants to put it out or whatever they're like this is really really tiny we want you to remake it he's like well I want to make a sequel and the studio was like por que no los dos and so Evil Dead 2 is both a remake and a sequel of yeah. the original Evil Dead so it's it's weird right. it's got a lot of the same plot points but it also continues right. the story you know but the movie's just but it, it's, it's a whole different level yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah
0: supposedly the new one is a a reboot but a sequel as well. Oh, yeah, i believe that, too. Uh, according, and, th- and this is coming from Bruce Campbell. He was saying, yeah, it's a con- it's still part of the same universe. It's yeah. the, it's the same characters, but they're not the same characters from my films. It's a continuation.
2: I have to see after. you seen the... Uh, I was going to ask, you seen that yet? Oh, <laughs> man, that was crazy. That was good. It's good? Yeah, that was good.
1: <laughs> nice. I, I, I heard it was good. I had a yeah. guy that I know who... who I actually know... Through the grapevine, I haven't met him, but the composer I work with a lot knows Sam Raimi's nephew Max very well. And Max uh. went to New Zealand to work on Ash versus the Evil Dead, and he was just saying how awesome it was and how fun of a shoot it was. And it's like I, I got to check it out. That's very it, cool. it,
2: I can say um, it's it's only three seasons, which is unfortunate. I wish it was it was more. It had one of the craziest scenes. I've ever seen in a TV series. Nice, nice. That's what I like to hear. It was, uh, and all I can I'm not going to say what it was, but all I'm going to say, uh, I'll say Ash's line from the scene and that was, not the butt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, it's funny. Someone told me, this is counting back to me. Someone told me about this scene, but I, I don't know what it is. got to see the show.
2: Oh, it was, oh, it was insane. Uh, it was hilarious. That's all. Awesome. Yeah, that was really, the show was great. But anyway, we, anyway, we got off on another tangent.
1: Um, I guess my only other final thought would be, um, I know we didn't talk about it a whole lot, but check out the alpha test. We yes. put a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of heart into it. I'm really pleased with it. It's full of twists. It's full of turns. You know, it's got this really nice twist in the middle that I'm proud of. And, you know, I'm really proud of my cast. They really put their all into this. Um, at the premiere, man, we were all really emotional to see it Come to life, you know. Like it, it was really powerful, and it's, it's a movie i had been trying to get made for two years. I'm proud of it. I hope you guys check it out. It is available on March 10th, uh, and it'll be anywhere you can find movies. You can get it on Amazon, on DVD, or on digital rental. You can get it on, and I, there are tons of features on this DVD more than I've ever done. There's a lot because there's an alternate ending on there. There's about 15 minutes of deleted scenes. Um, there's a commentary. There's um, everything. So that characters watch TV a lot and everything that's on the TV isolated I put that on the DVD as well um, so it's just all kinds of fun stuff but, so yeah check it out Amazon uh, Vudu YouTube you know YouTube movies you can usually get it on your Xbox on the Microsoft Movie Store just anywhere you find movies you can find the Alpha Test and then you can find me on social media uh, at my name Aaron Murtis, A-A-R-O-N-M-I-R-T-E-S that's my Instagram uh, my Twitter handle is the same thing but with film on the end Aaron Murtis Film uh Uh, And on Letterboxd, which is the movie social media thing I was talking about, which is super fun. I love Um, my username at the moment. It's really cool. It's addictive because you can mark all the movies you've seen and review and then you make a diary of what you're watching. And it's just it's a blast. And then you can see what your friends are watching and comment. And um, but my username on there, because I can't change it for another month or whatever, is Dr. D.O.C.T.O.R. Squidward, Dr. Squidward. So you (laughs) You can find me on Letterboxd. Dr. Squidward, where you could see all the Italian (laughs) horror trash that I've been watching recently. Uh, But that would be my final (laughs) thoughts. And this was a blast, you guys. I'm really glad you guys had me on. This was fun. Oh, yeah. Thank you for coming on. You were (laughs) great. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Next movie I do, I'll contact again. We can do it again.
0: Oh, our pleasure. Yeah, definitely. Our pleasure. I got
1: got one coming out. Uh, I have a movie about witches coming out in June. Oh, cool. Bring bring
0: some of the cast along, too. Then we can really see how much of an actor's director you are
1: yeah i'll direct i'll direct them beforehand I'll be like all gotta sing my praises no yeah i no, I'm. i'm about to get on another tangent stay focused stay focused this was fun thank you for having me good night everybody <laughs> <laughs>
0: so you say that now i'm gonna go looking for the one sound drop that i want i'm not gonna be I able to find it in time way. i'm not gonna be able to find it in time. uh derek any final thoughts from you uh, uh
2: nope nothing else at the moment excuse me i'm i'm uh i am following aaron on social media right now yes i, I, will, be, I will follow be. me on follow social media. give into your hate let the hate uh, flow through you. <laughs> hey, nice impression. <laughs>
0: I, I have a really solid impression as well. Go for it. I am Groot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. I'm glad Groot has become the icon he deserves to be. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and on that note. Want to know more? <laughs> So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has
0: been a Weebie Geeks production.